I'm Rena Striggle. Welcome to the Courage to Breakthrough podcast. Each of us has an exceptional ability to impact the world. We're here to make the world a better place by living life with awareness and fulfilling our unique purpose. It's time to break through obstacles and fear in order to stop wishing something will happen and start making a courageous life a reality. Your journey starts right now. Hi, everybody. This week on Courage to Breakthrough, I am, I always say this, I say I'm so excited. And I think I'm more than excited and I'm not even really sure what the word is to introduce you to our guest this week. She is amazing. I'm going to be um, talking to Mary Catherine Johnson. She is a phenomenal human being with an amazing purpose to her life that she came through a series of incredible events that, you know, are just amazing in terms of, you know, what she had to go through to get to where she is today. And I think that all of you are going to hear a little bit of something that you may have experienced in her story. So I'm just very excited to introduce you to her. And without further ado, let's get started. And welcome to the Courage to Breakthrough podcast. All right, MK, I'm so excited to be talking to you today. I, before I even, you know, start trying to explain your story, I think I'm just going to turn it over to you <laughs> and let you tell our listeners, you know, sort of your entrepreneurial journey, because it is just, it's fantastic. And there are going to be like a lot of people that resonate with a lot of the elements of it. So I'm just going to let you go. <laughs> you just start telling us because this is just, this is going to be fun. Oh my goodness. You are turning over the mic. The oh, mic is yours. Okay. Watch out world. Uh, we might just be here for a long time. So I'm, I'm going <laughs> to try and keep it short. Mary Catherine Johnson's my name. And uh, I started my first online business in 2003. But the actual idea and possibility and opportunity actually happened 1996, 95, when my husband and I, after 15 years of marriage, decided that we were ready to start a family. We got very married very young. We're talking 19, right? I was 19, he was 20. So thank goodness we waited 15 years. <laughs> I'm so glad my 19-year-old self didn't have to deal with that. But anyway, so 15 years later, we're like, all right, we're ready. And I uh, come from a large Italian family and people got pregnant whether they wanted to or not, right? So I'm thinking this will be easy. Uh, it wasn't. It took us a year to get pregnant. And then we had a miscarriage after eight weeks. Uh, then it took us another year to get pregnant. And then we had a miscarriage after 12 weeks. And right when I'm sitting here thinking, well, that's it. My body doesn't know how to do this. A month later, we were pregnant with our first son, Evan. And uh, it was amazing. We got to hear the heartbeat. It was incredible. As I'm going through this, for some reason, I just got this idea to go to my Windows 98 computer and type out a report card in an Excel <laughs> spreadsheet, right? So get the lines and look like it, this was a fall semester report card. And I put two courses that I took, Pregnancy 101. I finally got an A plus in that. I got this. I got a pregnancy down. And then pregnancy prevention, I finally failed, which I was so excited about. So I did that. I printed this out on a piece of paper, to, went to Target and got a blank white maternity shirt, went to a sports shop where they put numbers on jerseys, you know, that kind of thing, and said, can you put this on this? And they said, yes. And uh, an hour later, I had a maternity shirt with my own private design on it that was a 
a report card about pregnancy. And I just could not wait to wear that, did not wait to wear that until I was showing. I'm like, I'm wearing this everywhere. I don't care how silly it looks. I was getting comments all over the place, everywhere. When I went to the grocery store, when I went to shopping for baby stuff, everybody was stopping me because, of course, they immediately read my belly, right? Because it was on the belly of the shirt. So they knew immediately that it was, you know, the reason. And they were asking me, oh my gosh, most of the time it was a woman saying, my daughter's a teacher. That would be perfect for her. Where did you get it? And I said, I made it. And I proceeded to tell her how I made it. And she's like looking at me with this blank expression and, you know, eyes, eyebrows nodded together like, no, 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 no. I I just want to buy it. And the light bulbs went on. I started thinking about other designs and getting excited. And then as life happens, uh, this wonderful little human I'm baking decided uh, he wanted to go into early labor. And I said no and went to the hospital and they stopped labor and uh, he had to stay in and cook for a little while longer. Of course, then I'm on bed rest and in the hospital on drugs and, you know, life happens very differently, right? So I don't even think about this idea anymore. It's, it's life now. Three years later, um, little brother, we decided to get to, to try for another one and immediately my body figured that out. So we got pregnant immediately. And here I go looking for my maternity clothes when it comes time and I pull out that shirt again and um, start to wear that around and I got the exact same reaction again. And this time, I don't know, my, my mind was going crazy and I started coming up with all kinds of different designs that I could do. Before I could do anything about that, life happened again. And I really do think these were just obstacles put in my way to make me learn what I needed to learn before yes. I actually could do this because I really wasn't ready yet, right? So before I could do anything about it, I'm eight months pregnant. I step out my neighbor's front door and fall and break both my legs. Oh my goodness. So I have a pink cast on one leg up to the knee and a blue cast on the other leg up to the knee because we didn't know what we were having, boy or a girl. I'm, I'm going through uh, labor and delivery and the caring of my newborn and my toddler without being able to walk. I had a, a walker, you know, like little old ladies yep. go out on the town, you know. Yep. Um, I'm hobbling around because I could put pressure on one leg, but not the other. My son, Evan, is, you know, I'm, I was a very active mom, so we would play cars and we could, you know, we would do all these things together and, and I couldn't do anything. I couldn't, I had long hair. I couldn't wash my hair. I couldn't take a shower. I couldn't take a bath. I had to do just quick little sponge baths. I couldn't stand long enough to go cook a meal. You know how much you have to go to the bathroom in late-term pregnancy. How the heck am I going to get to the toilet without the floodgates opening up on my casts, right? So I have a bedside commode that follows me everywhere that my incredible husband gets to clean out twice a day. Yes, he is a keeper. And it was just an an experience that was a a huge slap in the face for this hard-charging, go-getting type A mom. Yeah. And it made me sit. And I didn't want to sit and think and analyze and look at myself. I didn't want any of that, but I had to. And I went through the first ever and uh, first time before or since that I've ever been depressed. And it was just, what the heck am I doing? How am I going to get through this? And this is before I deliver the baby, right? I'm just sitting here with a huge baby hotel sitting in front of me. And I can't, in these, these sausages of feet and legs, you know, 
And my little Evan is on the floor. And one day when I'm in my little stupor and my husband says, okay, I got to go to work. You have everything you need. Cause he finally had to go to work after like two weeks. Right. Yeah. I'm like what you're going to work. Are you kidding? You mean you're not going to stay home and just take care of me? You know, so that was kind of the first wake up. Like, how dare you leave and go to work? And I just looked at him and said, you know, basically the look on my face was what you're going to work. And he just looked at me and kind of shook his head and didn't know what to do or say and just kind of left. And Evan was on the floor and he's like playing with cars and he says, mom, you know, can you come and play with me? And I snapped at him. No, I can't play with you. What do you mean? I can't do anything. And the look on his face absolutely snapped me out of this. And I went, oh my goodness what did I just do? And who is this really about? It's really no, I mean, come on, Mary, think about it. You are not permanently disabled. You are not a a woman living in the Middle East, right? You are, you, you have control of your faculties. You, you have an amazing husband and amazing son. What the heck are you doing sitting here feeling sorry for yourself? Luck, I mean, no, no fault to anybody else or, or judgment of anyone else or even myself. Just I was in that place ready to say done. Yeah. And so I kind of scooted myself to the end of the couch, went down on my hands and knees, and then kind of rolled the belly over and sat on my butt and played cars. Now, five minutes later, I had to pee again. So I had to figure out how to get up and get over to the bedside commode. But all right, I dealt with that five minutes later. But right then I felt better. Yeah. I felt like, okay, I'm human. I'm me. I can do something. And I had to keep doing that over and over and over, no matter what, especially after the baby came. All right. You know, your, your mind, at least me, it was like I needed functioning legs for a functioning brain. Right. So the baby's here and, and I have a, a changing table in the nursery room, right? And so I'm in the I'm in the living room and how am I going to get the baby newborn from the nurse from the living room to the changing table to change him? I still can't walk, right? Right. So my solution, I mean I had at least a brain that tried to find a solution. I put him in the uh, car seat, put him in the car seat and I would walk down the hall, hop with my walker, drag him behind me hop with my walker, drag him behind me all the way down the hall to the changing table and then stand flamingo-like on one leg and pick him up, which now I look back and go, what an idiot. How dangerous was that? But still, pick him up, trying to balance on one leg, put him on the table and change him until I finally figured out, well, duh, bring a changing station into the living room. Really? You don't have to go to the changing table. You can is it funny you know, how long it takes us to figure out workarounds because we just get locked into what we're supposed to do, the routine of it all? That's it. Amazing. That's it. Yeah. So I, I got through this and I finally got the best day of my life to that point was the day that I could walk out of the hospital after I'd gotten both casts off and one leg was totally fine. The other was still in a walking boot, but I could walk mm-hmm. carrying my and now at this time, over two month old baby. Right. That was, that was my only goal. I want to carry him under my own steam. Not to mention that when I finally, we went to the hospital um, to get that cast removed, uh, we'd had the baby. So they had canceled all my OBGYN appointments and unbeknownst to me, they had canceled my appointments for my casts as well. So my poor husband, he knew we were at that hospital. I wanted, the first thing I wanted to do was get home and take a shower. And they told him we we didn't have an appointment. 
to get that cast removed. And he knew there was no way he was coming back to me and telling me, oh, sorry, we got to come back another day. No, he just said, no, no, I'm sorry. Someone will remove this cast today or my wife will basically make your life hell. (laughs) So that was amazing. But anyway, got through that, finally on the other side of it. And I looked back, it took me probably about at least six months. I looked back on that situation and I was able to start laughing about it, right? Bedside commodes and beautiful times. Oh, Rena, the best time that I would not have experienced if it were not for this situation was right. this week, September. It was fall late. It was early fall and we live in California, Northern California. So it was like an Indian summer. And I would go out on our deck because I can't, I had long hair, so I couldn't wash it. So each week I would go out on our deck and my husband and my little Evan with his little three-year-old pudgy hands would wash my hair for me. That was the most incredibly intimate, beautiful thing I have ever experienced in life was the two men I love, the two boys I love the most washing my hair. That's it. Simple. Yeah. You know, and I, I could look back on those situations and appreciate them and laugh and all of that and finally said to myself, you know, if I could get through this situation with my sense of humor intact, I can do anything. And I picked up those designs again and that maternity idea again. And I was on fire. Oh my gosh, on that's awesome. fire. I mean, like, don't touch it kicks, Right designs. I I just came up with all kinds of amazing designs and looked at, and it was, this was when the internet was just starting 2003, right? There weren't any e-commerce. There wasn't Amazon. It wasn't Facebook or anything like that. And so I just, luckily my job before this was a technical recruiter. So I could go to my techie guys that I'd gotten jobs for and ask them, Hey, what do I do if I want to start a website? Yeah. What do I do if I want to start selling something online? How do I process credit cards? How do I? And so they helped me create and I, I created the whole site. I created the credit card processing. I got the invoices. I actually got a sweatshop in my house where I actually did heat press, figured out how to put these designs on in a way that was better than the sports shop thing. And March, 2003, I got the business license and November 2003, I opened the doors online and it just flew from there until, of course, 2008 when the recession hit. And then we can talk about another uh, difficulty I had. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but that at least got me the first hurdle to just go, I can do this, right? And I've, I've I've had to jump all kinds of hurdles since then. Yeah. So you've got, so is, is that company still in operation? It is a very pared down version of what we were doing before. I actually just started looking at Shopify and some of the other sites to start it back up again because I sourced my own shirts. You know, I had someone actually manufacture them for me to my design. Now you've got t-shirt companies all over the place that you can just buy the, they, they'll just fulfill the order for you. You don't even yeah. need to have your inventory sitting in your closet, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just now going back after this whole journey and I did not let go of it. I got to tell you, I just, it was, it's my baby, right? Yeah. It's, it was like my baby. So. Well, and I think even, even today, that's one of the things that I hear women who are expecting 
you know, express frustration is that there's very limited options for buying maternity clothes. And that just seems amazing in today's world, but that still seems to be a gap in the marketplace. Comfortable, resilient clothes. And when you're fun. Pregnant. And fun. fun clothes, yes. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's really, that was the whole point of it. Have fun with this. Yeah. Uh, because that's how I turned those miscarriages into fun. Yeah. That yes, this happened, but now look where I'm going and it's totally fine and I'm going to have fun with it and I'm just going to just go. And so, yeah, I'm definitely doing that. But since then the recession and everything else, I've, I've switched things around and done different things and um, mostly parents trying to start businesses. That's people came to me after that, after they saw that I was doing this and asked me because I was raising my sons while I was building this business. And uh, they were like, how are you doing that? How, how are you? you know, do you have a nanny? Do you have, I'm like, nope, ain't got no nanny. <laughs> I just do it. <laughs> you know, I just had to set up little PlayStations in, uh, in my office and we would have, I helped them understand calendars and time by showing them color coding. Okay. Here's mommy's time where I have to do this. And here's your time when we're going to watch your shows or we're going to go to the park or we're going to do whatever or go to your friend's house. And, and so I, I blocked it out. And most of the work that I did was when they were asleep. Yeah. Yeah. So the recession hits, and I remember that time my business suffered. I made a big shift in what I was doing at that time. So, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, sometimes people don't know when to shift, right? They just like go into, you know, and they just think we can survive it. We just keep going. Tell me how you faced that time with your business. I'm one of those people who didn't know how to shift. Okay. I'm serious. I, um, this was 2007. It started right. 2008. Mm -hmm. I didn't give up and look at solutions until like two, almost 2012. So I just kept trying to pour money in. I just kept trying to do a different design or, or maybe find another sales channel or, I mean, I just kept going and mm -hmm. I got into like 60 grand in debt. Right. With my business. And uh, finally, one, I think it was like around 2011, late 2011, I was with my accountant and he's looking at me going, why are you hanging on to this dying business? Uh, it just doesn't make any sense. There's no way you can recoup what you're spending. And I just looked at, remember looking at him and saying, I, I can't let it go. If, if this business fails, then that means I failed. Yeah, I mean, because I, I completely identified this you is identified my business, this that. is my baby, this is me. And he looked at me and said, you are not your business. And that, again, there was that switch. And I started bawling and just, oh my gosh. And I gave him a big sloppy wet kiss because he happens to be my husband, <laughs> um, my wonderful accountant. <laughs> so I gave him a big sloppy wet kiss. I'm like, okay, I, all right, fine. What are we going to do? And uh, so we, I had to liquidate everything. I had a 401k. I had, you know, I had, I had to liquidate everything, every asset I had and pay off all that debt, sell off all the materials and the inventory and everything that I had and go, okay. But he kept saying, well, aren't you going to just get rid of the, the website and the name? I'm like, nope, nope, nope. I, that's, I'm keeping that. That is my testament to never identifying myself with another entity again, never. Uh, and not only that, it's, it's mine. It's my, it, I want it. I, I can't let go of that, that business, that name. I had a trademark. I have everything. 
and all the designs, they're all still mine, you know, those kinds of things. And so then I turned around and went, now what am I going to do? And first thing I did was look back on that whole situation that got me there that I just explained to y'all. And I wrote a book about it. And I just wrote out all the funny things and the journey and how it really kept brought me back to, um, and at that time I was, I was so adamant about staying home with my kids. It had, it had been so difficult for me to get them to begin with that there was no way I was sending them to daycare. There's just no way. And I, that was my journey to that decision and that choice. And then I looked around and people still were asking me, how do you, how did you do this? Can you consult with me? And so I'm like, oh, okay. And so I started a new consulting practice, helping people start businesses and raise their kids. And I started a podcast about it. And this podcast was Parent Entrepreneur Power. That was over 300 episodes, 300 and something episodes. And uh, that has just led me down a completely different path. That's a lot, you know, because like, People who listen to podcasts may not actually know like the statistics for podcasts, but podcasts have an actual like a way higher fail rate than an actual entrepreneurial business. So um, I think I think Evan actually told me that most podcasts don't make it past episode ten, yeah. and very very few actually make it. You know, even even anything beyond ten, it almost none of them survive. So the fact that you got to three hundred, how many three hundred and I think it was like 320 something I mean, that's before just, I stopped. That's just spectacular. That is amazing. And of course, then it allowed me to do the next podcast, right? So because now I'm no longer, because both of my boys now, I started when they were four and 18 months as an entrepreneur, and they're now, they're now 18 and 21. Yeah. So, you know, staying in that world of parent entrepreneurship and building a business with little kids is not me anymore. Right. I have to go to the next phase. So I, that's why I stopped. Otherwise, I'd still be doing it. But uh, I stopped and allowed the next phase to go. And so now I have another podcast because I love it so much. It's so fun. It's the number one marketing and networking tool you could ever have because you get to talk to people like you right. and, and share stories and you know, understand what people go through. And so now I have another podcast about chatbots, which is my current, current life. And I, I won't not have a podcast. It's, yeah. it's just too much fun. Yeah. So talk about the new business and how did that come into being? And I love how you talk about your world in phases, because I think that that's one thing that entrepreneurs do not recognize is that there are phases to things. There's phases and life cycles to businesses, just like there's phases and life cycles to life. And they get so wrapped up, you know, like what you were you know, talking about, like my identity is that I am this. And when that is no longer what you are, we as human beings have a terrible time transitioning. Just We just don't do well when we're attached to things that have now changed and moved beyond what is needed from us. So I love that you actually talked about that a little bit. So talk about now the next phase. What, what happened next? Yes. Um, the number one thing I will say about that, that I've finally... I think embraced and I will continue to have to refine and embrace again is that when you emotionally, when you attach an emotion to something in business, you're in trouble, positive or negative. Okay. So whenever I'm like 
someone gives me an amazing opportunity and, and uh, recognizes me on social media and says I'm amazing or does, says that I do something amazing, if I attach to that and go, oh, and just like feel like it's my ego involved, it's, it's not going to work because it's not about me. It's about the transformation that I provide to others. So if I detach myself, yes, I can be happy, of course. I'm not saying I'm not going right. to be happy about that. But you know what I mean? Attach like, that's me, yes. <clears throat> Wonderful, yes. That kind of thing. Yep. No, it's not about my ego. It's about what I can do for others. So yeah. when, I, when I detach myself from that kind of emotion, life is really amazing. So what happened after that was I did the consulting business and this podcast and people came to me and had me consult with them. And then there was a group of people that, that I knew that were asking me to help them and they were in the beauty industry. Mm-hmm. And so I was helping them grow their businesses, their beauty businesses, estheticians and hairstylists and, and the like. And then they were saying, okay, Mary, you're helping us do this, but now I don't have time to do all these things. This whole social media, I've got a course that I want to you know, teach people how to, how to sugar, teach people how to wax. Uh, but I don't have time to set all that up because I'm, you've helped me grow my business and I'm busy waxing or sugaring. So can you help me do this? Can you actually help me with the tools? Not just show me how to do it, but do it for me. So I'm like, ah, oh, okay, yeah, I can do that. And so then I transitioned into more of an agency style rather than consulting so that I actually provided services for these people. I helped them create membership sites or online courses or email marketing lists and um, landing pages and websites and all of those things. I knew how to do all those things because I had to teach myself how to do them before. And I'm kind of a techie kind of, you know, techie kind of marketing uh, geeky kind of person. So I enjoy those things. And so I did that. And so that was 2000, by this time now it's 2016. And so 2016 to 2017, I had an agency, successful agency, helping these people do their things, getting great results. And then 2017 comes in and there's a, because of my techie kind of stuff, I followed this gentleman named Andrew Warner and Mm -hmm. he has a podcast called Mixergy and it's all tech. He's interviewed tech startups like uh, Jeff Bezos, for example, right? We all know who he is and Amazon and Uber and the Airbnb guys and all those people. And, uh, and he try and picks it apart and see how they created success. So I loved his podcast and, uh, he sent, I was on his email list and he sent me an email saying, how would you like it if you had 80% open rates and 60% click through rates on your messages? And anyone who has an email list and sends regular emails to their subscribers knows that you ain't got no 80% and 60%. I'm sorry. That just doesn't happen. But that piqued my interest. I'm like, yeah, I'd like that. And he said, come to my webinar. I'm going to show you this new thing. And I'm like, okay, fine. I'll do your webinar, but I know what you're going to try and do. You're going to try and sell me something. So yeah, fine. But I'm probably just going to sign up and watch the replay. And first, and this was a live webinar. It wasn't a, you know, pre-recorded thing. And for some reason, when the live webinar happened, I was available. And thank goodness, because I just went, okay, I'll check this out. And thank goodness, I'm telling you, serendipity, right? This is the universe. I jumped on that live webinar and he blew my mind. The the majority of the webinar, I sat with my mouth open going, we can do this? What? 
and he showed us. And basically what this was about was, you know how your email list, you can send automated messages to your email list, helping giving them specific information based on what they, what they need. Well, you can now do that same automated messages, marketing messages in Facebook Messenger. Automated. And people are in Messenger. They're not in email anymore. Right. And they have notifications on their phone that they get a message in Messenger. And so that's why this works so well for businesses. And I was just blown away going, oh my gosh. And as he was doing it, he was showing us how to do it. And I jumped in the program called Chat Fuel that he was talking about. And I, I tested it out. I'm like, can I do this? And I got it. I was like, oh, this is easy. I get it. I understand how this works. And I was on fire again. It, was, it grabbed me by the throat and would not let go, just like the maternity business, right? It was like, <laughs> this is it. Oh my I gosh, it. I have to do this. I absolutely have to do this. And he was um, selling his course. His course was $2,500 to take this course. I've never paid $2,500 for a course ever. And you had to put $400 down just to get on, it, on a call with him so that he could decide if you were going to be able to take his course. I'm like, oh God, okay. So it's a refundable $400. All right, I'll put that down. I've got two days. I was on his calendar. I was first person on his calendar two days later. And I kept asking him during this uh, webinar, if you're an agency, how much would you charge to, to create this for someone? And he blew me off. He's like, oh, it depends. I'm like, no, really. I asked him again, how much, no, really, how much would you charge if you're going to do this? Let's say you have a beauty industry or whatever. I looked at my current clients yep. and he blew me off again. Ah, it depends. I'm like, no, just give me a number. I just need a number. What, what number would you, would you say pull out of the air? And he pulled out $1,000 and I grabbed $1,000 and went, okay, I've never charged anybody $1,000 right up front for something like that. You know, this is, I, I worked in $500 a month situations and this was 2017 and so I grabbed it. And two days later, I was going to have a call with him to see if I could even take his course. I had no clue. I knew I was not going to go to my wonderful accountant, husband, conservative guy and tell him I'm going to spend $2,500 for a course. That was not happening, right? <laughs> After my track record of, you know, yeah. So I'm like, I can't do that. So I've got to find a way to find this money if I want to do this. And I was pulled. Absolutely. This was not an option. All of my friends that I talked to about this, they all said, oh, come on, Mary, that's just the latest squirrel. That's just the latest fad. This isn't going to go anywhere. And I'm like, no, you don't get it. So I went out to my community of parent entrepreneurs and I just started asking people, this is February, so it's a launch season. Everybody's yep. launching their courses, their masterminds, their, yep. their things. And I said, what are you working on? I wasn't trying to sell them anything. What are you working on? And I had quite a few say, well, I'm launching my course. I'm doing my thing. And I, two, three of them, Actually, uh, the next question was, how's it working? And three of them were like, it's not. Last year, everybody was opening my emails. I sold, you know, 30% of my list. Everyone was great. It was fantastic. I was making all this money, helping all these people. This year, nobody's opening my emails. Nobody's buying. I don't know what I'm going to do. And so three of those people, I said, well, hey, I'm learning about some new marketing stuff. Do you want to jump on a call and see if I can help? Three of them jumped on a call with me. Two of them paid me $1,000 to build them a chat bot before I even knew how to do it. Okay. I was, I was, I was honest. I didn't lie to them and say, Oh yeah, I can do this. No, I'm like, I'm learning this. I will do this for you for $1,000. And they said, yes. And so I got on the call with Andrew two days later. And first off, he's like this guru guy and I'm actually talking to him. Are you kidding me on a phone? 
and he's talking to me and saying, well, what do you think? And what do you do? And I told him about my stuff. And I said, okay, here's the deal. I've already sold two clients. And there's like silence on the other line. He's like, what? What do you mean? I'm like, I already have two clients ready to go. When does this course start? And uh, he's like, well, we're, we're going to start maybe within the next couple of weeks and blah, blah, blah. And then I said, well, you know, I've never paid $2,500 for anything. I'm, I'm kind of nervous about that. And he said, well, how about we make it 2000? I'm like, sold. Yeah. I already got the $2,000. Let's go. Let's go. And I have not looked back since. I have helped people. And, and this is the thing. I don't help people sell widgets, right? This is not direct sales. This is, this is life transformation. I work, I don't work with insurance companies, right? Car dealerships. Any, no, I work with people who actually impact people's lives. That's mm-hmm. my, that's my requirement. I, I won't work with someone who just comes to me and says, how can you help me get more leads? Yeah. I can't help you. Yeah. Go find somebody else. I can help you build more relationships and deeper relationship with, you, with your prospect to help your prospect figure out whether or not you've got what they need. But if you just want leads and sales, I'm not your gal. And I've been able to help people. Rena, it's, it's so incredible. And I'm, I'm not letting go. I'm not stopping. And I took that bot academy, it's called bot academy. I took that course and I'm now coming back and, and working with Andrew to provide value to future students of bot academy. That's awesome. Three years ago. And it's come full circle. I've made more money in the last three years than I've ever made in my life. And this year we're looking at actually four X what we made last year, four times. And what I made last year was more than I've ever made. Yeah. So I can't even, I, I'm, you want to talk about mindset issues and fear? Those numbers at first felt like monopoly money, right? They're not real. They're, they're not, I mean, when I'm, when I'm talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars a year and then possibly going to seven figures, that's not real to me. I can't, that's not tangible. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it's not rooted in reality. So that's my number one goal is all the mindset issues that I've worked on. That first one with not being able to figure out what's going to go on with the maternity. And I had to, I had to shut one door, that depression, to be able to open up the next door. And once I got through that door, there's, a, there's now a wall that wasn't there before. Right. And pretty soon there's going to be another door there that you're going to have to try and break through that you didn't even know existed. So each phase, when you talk about entrepreneurship as phases, phases that's exactly right. Each phase presents its own issues, presents its own opportunities. And when you tackle both of those positively without attaching yourself completely to the outcome, Yes. then there are going to be more opportunities that present themselves again that you didn't even know existed. Yeah. It seems as though you are, and maybe not always, but at least in the stories that you've told today have been very good at recognizing when you're getting prompts and nudges, like you're supposed to do this. And even though you went out into one group of friends and they all said, that's ridiculous, that's not going to work. And you didn't even talk to your husband because you said he knew he would say no. So you were like, okay, well then let me go over here and see if these people would say yes. And I mean, you just. The I people think who mattered. Those yeah. are the only people who mattered. My friends, my husband really didn't matter. They were not my, they were not the audience for this particular product. Mm-hmm. So their opinions really don't matter. Yeah. The only I people think, that matter are the yeah. people who can buy it. And I think that that's one thing, like when people are thinking about doing something different, Right. They will literally sit there and and wait. And if any hardship comes up, they'll just be like, oh, it wasn't meant to be. This was too hard. See, my 
my best friend thinks it's dumb, so maybe I shouldn't do it. And then they get all in their head. And then it yes. just kind of percolates underneath everything as a wish. I wish I could do this. So talk a little bit about how you deal with those prompts. I mean, obviously in these stories, you were like, this was so obvious. I just, I had to do it. Yeah. But talk about how maybe some of the more subtle things in your life that have created, you know, not just getting into these business, but then created all the opportunity in those businesses. Talk a little bit about what that has been like for you. So there's a couple of things. Number one, I look at uh, because I am more of a yes person. I am, I'm very much a person who I'll try anything, right? I wanted to go for my 50th birthday. I wanted to go skydiving. I was like, I've, I'm just being pulled. I want to go skydiving. My youngest um, at the time, he was like middle school and he was totally freaked out about that possibility. I mean, he was like, okay, mom, here's the deal. I'll make you a deal. Instead of actually jumping out of an airplane, how about you just lay on my floor on my carpet and I'll, I'll get a really strong fan and I'll just blow it at your face and you can wear goggles and just imagine that you're jumping out of an airplane. <laughs> and so he, he was really freaked out. So I'm like, okay, well, I probably shouldn't do that until he's at least an adult and you know, then he can go out and he won't know that I'm doing it. <laughs> it won't matter. But um, so I'm, I'm very much, I want to try new things. I'm, habits are difficult for me. They are very difficult for me because it feels like control. Mm -hmm. Even though it's my choice and my control, it's still, and it goes from childhood, right? I was very controlled as a child. So I, 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 habits are really hard. And since then, I've, again, flipped that switch. And Tony Robbins helped me do that. One thing he said, he has a plunge pool in all of his homes around the world. I don't know if you know. I'm sure I you know. do. I'm fascinated yeah. by that. Yeah. Yes. So he has a plunge pool that's, that's freezing. It's 32 degrees and every home. And he said, finally, and I'm like, oh, dude, what an idiot. You're going to jump in. The, what? And he said, you know, there's never a day that goes by that I come up to that plunge pool and say, yes, I can't wait to jump in. He says, never do I ever feel that way. The difference is I have learned not to negotiate with myself. And this I love that lesson from me. him too. And that's what I had to do because I negotiate like a pro with yeah. my own stupid head. How, how silly is that? <laughs> right? Yes. I negotiate. And when he said that, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I do. No more. And that's why I can't have habits that, that are good habits, right? So I, had, I now, for the last year, have taken a shower where I get in my shower and then turn on the water. And so it is... I mean, we're in winter, right? It's freezing cold for the first, well, we're talking 30 seconds, right? Yes. Really not yes. that big of a deal. But the point of it is there's no negotiating. I walk in that shower and turn that, even though I know what it's going to feel like, it's not an, it's non-negotiable. And that has helped me train my brain to say, nope, I'm not negotiating. This is something I need to do. So in some ways, in answer to your question, that's a bad thing because I can say yes to almost anything. And usually I do, it did in the beginning, I would say yes to everybody who wanted to have a phone call with me or a Zoom call with me and ask me questions about things, whether or not I could help them, whether or not they could help me, whether or not I had work that actually was paying me to get done, right. I would still take these calls. And I had to get over that and yeah. stop doing that. Yeah. To, to your question about how do I, how do I make this work? Number one, those relationships are 
uh, vital. I'm a, I'm not a cold call kind of gal. I'm not going to send cold emails to businesses to try and get them to hire me to do anything. That's, that feels yucky to me. That's not what I do. But when things started to really turn around and, and I, I saw a light bulb go off was when I went to my first conference. That was uh, Social Media Marketing World in San Diego in uh, 2018. Yeah, and I actually just attended because with no expectation, I didn't need to learn about social media. That wasn't my business, right? Of course, Messenger is part of social media, but I'm not... It's mostly how to use social media for your marketing. And I don't do that. But I knew most of the speakers had been on my podcast. And I had never met them face to face. So I'm like, I'm going to go and meet all these incredible people that I've had the privilege of of interviewing. And so I went to this and Andrew Warner, the guy that I took his course for Bot Academy, was there and I was a year into this business and he was going to speak. So I'm like, I'll go support him and sit in the audience and oh my gosh, this will be amazing. I get to meet people. And that was my only intention with this, with this conference was just to meet interesting people doing extraordinary things. Yes. If you ever want to go to a conference, just have that as your mission. Meet interesting people doing extraordinary things and you by association around them will absorb oh my gosh, the energy that they're putting off if they're decent people, which most people are, and you will be the better for it. Don't worry. You don't have to have a specific outcome to get certain number of clients and sell certain amount. No, that's yucky. And so I just did. And I went to uh, Andrew's session when he was talking and I met one of the gentlemen that was on my podcast. His name was Steve Chu. His name is Steve Chu. And he has a business called My Wife Quit Her Job where he started, it's really funny, he teaches people how to start an e-commerce store. Um, He did that with his wife when they were getting married. They couldn't find customized napkins with their information, so they created them. And now he has a whole store of like linens and and things for weddings. And uh, and that got to the point where his wife wanted to quit her job when they were going to have their first child. And so that business allowed his wife to quit her job. And so... I met him and bots, all the things, they call them chat bots that I do, yep. okay? All those things were still new because uh, yep. Facebook just opened it up and it's less than a year that you've been able to do this. And so we're just talking and he's just as passionate as I am. And you can tell I, when I get into something, man, I just go, 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 go. And so he and I were bouncing off of each other and he's like, oh, you know what? You should come on my podcast. I'm like, wow, yeah, that'd be great. So he invited me on his podcast and I was, I was looking at social media marketing world going, man, wouldn't it be amazing to speak this event? I, wow, uh, I could do that. I think I could do that. But I, I'm not a pushy, you know, kind of yeah. in your face, I need to speak at your event, Michael Stelzner, who's the CEO of the, the organization. So I'm like, oh, I don't know how that's going to work, but I'm just going to put that out in the universe and we'll see. So I go on Steve Chu's podcast. We go crazy in bots and he, he hammers me with questions and what about this and what about that? Lo and behold, uh, about two weeks after that podcast uh, episode launched, I get an email from Michael Stelzner of Social Media Marketing World saying, how would you like to be on my podcast? I'm like, oh my goodness, yeah, that would be amazing. He has a really involved process and his, his point was, his comment was, if you can handle Steve Chu, you can handle me. 
And so he had me on his podcast and he's like, I'm not promising anything, but usually people that come on my podcast, it leads to a speaking at the event, but I'm not promising anything. We'll see how it's received, see how it goes. I'm like, that's cool. And a couple months later, he, I got the invitation to speak at Social Media Marketing awesome. World in 2019. And now I'm speaking again in just a couple weeks in 2020. Awesome. Um, and that opened up other speaking opportunities with other organizations and relationships like now going back to Bot Academy and contributing to that original course that taught me so much and gave me the opportunities to be where I am. All of those things, if I had said, oh, you know, I don't know, you know, yeah, because my husband has not changed. Okay, dear, my husband does not change. He's very happy now because I'm making money. Because remember, he's an accountant and it's all black and white, right? So he's very happy now. But, you know, eight, 2018, he's like, you're going to spend money to go to a conference and what are you going to get out of it? How's it going to, how are you going to make that back? What are you going to, are you going to get new clients from it? Is it going to, is it going to be, are you going to be able to recoup that investment and all those things? And I'm just like, la, 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 la. Mm -hmm. Just don't worry. Just, just let me, I'm making money. I can absorb it. I'm not asking the family money to pay for this. This is my business, right? So that hasn't changed, right? Yeah. That's still who he is. I love him to death for it. Would never leave him because he has a different outlook yeah. on things than I do. It's just different. It's not yeah. better or worse. Um, at least not from my perspective, it isn't. So I, I just do that. I just say yes to opportunities, but the only difference now is and, and relationships mainly. The only difference now is I do have to be more careful. I don't just take every call. I, I have an application system that people go through that's in Messenger that if they want to work with me, there are certain criteria that I know I can impact their business. Mm -hmm. And there are certain criteria where I know I can't. So if yeah. they're a brand new business, never, never sold anything, never done anything, I'm not their gal. That's yeah. not what I do. There are other people who do that really, really well that I've partnered with and I've sent people to. But I know that now and I know what yes, not only will help me in my business, but will get crazy amazing impact for that potential client or that potential student because I teach people how to do this now and their world because that's my goal. Work with interesting people doing extraordinary things in this world and then I get to wake up every day having an amazing time. Yeah. Yeah. Changing the world. Yeah. For the so, better. Yeah. So really with that philosophy, it doesn't really matter what your business is. Nope. Now you're attached to something that transcends whatever the marketplace may be demanding. You just know in your world, I just want to work with amazing people doing extraordinary things, period. That's it. Yeah. And that has allowed me, Rena, the next step now, because Messenger, Facebook is kind of schizophrenic. Okay, oh, yeah, you heard it from it me. Sure. They're schizophrenic. <laughs> okay, they're going to say on one day it's great and the next day you're terrible even though you haven't done anything differently. So that's fine. So what's happening now, because I'm open to that idea, I'm talking to people who are coming to me saying, well, I've got this new thing. Um, I'd like your opinion on it. And if it's something related, because what I do is conversational marketing. Yeah. It's actually a conversation with your prospect. It's not just you telling them all the amazing things that you do. It's really having them contribute to the conversation and tell you what they need. And then you can say, well, I do this. And if it's not what they need, then they go off to someone else. Right. Very happily, everybody's happy. We're not like freaking out because someone unsubscribed. That's a good thing. That means yep. they don't need what you have. You don't want them on your list. You don't want yep. to bother them. Yeah, right? well, you don't need a junked up list. Yeah, exactly. 
So now we're going beyond Facebook Messenger. There are new programs coming up that I'm consulting with and helping develop that are going to allow us to take this off of our, of our messenger app. Mm-hmm. Okay. We don't have to, so because I have clients whose prospects are mostly on, on uh, LinkedIn, right. Yep. Or YouTube and their prospects don't want to go to messenger. No. And there's not an app on LinkedIn or YouTube yet that can do the things that messenger does, but those things are coming. And so I'm staying what you just said, working with interesting people doing extraordinary things, those extraordinary things are coming and I am involved in them because that's my goal is to work with those people. So now I'm helping push and develop the future of conversational marketing. Not because I'm going to make a million dollars tomorrow, right? But because, wow, this is flipping incredible. You can do the same thing again, like I had with Messenger. You can do what? I can do what? I'm just as excited. And that's my barometer. That's a gigantic shift, you know, to go from I sell maternity wear, (laughs) right? To I work with extraordinary people. That that's a massive shift. Mm -hmm. Was that was that shift on purpose? Like did you sit and really think about it? Did you or did it did it come as an aha moment? somewhere down the line. It came from that identity crisis, mm-hmm. right? Once I removed the identity of I am mommy loves, that was the name of that business. I am mommy loves and I do maternity and I know everything about maternity designs and I'm amazing and all those. It, it, once I uh, got over that identity and shifted the identity to I am not my business, I am me and I enjoy this. Mm-hmm. Or I enjoy this part of that business. The part of the business that I really enjoyed was the creative part, coming up with the designs and then meeting people and talking to the, to the customers. Yeah. Cause I handled, I was it right. And I was, I was it. I was the chief cook and bottle washer of the entire thing. Nobody else helped me. I talked to every customer. I touched every garment. I printed every receipt. I took every box to the post office, right? It was me. And once I got over that and I couldn't hire anybody, nobody could do it like I do. Right. Right. Once I got over that and realized, no, the part I really enjoy is the talking. I've said from day one, if I could make a living just talking to people all day long, oh my goodness, that would be incredible. And that's what I get to do now. That's really what I get to do because I have a team of people who actually implements the work. doesn't Mm -hmm. mean I don't do it or know it. I do. But I enjoy this other part, the interesting people doing extraordinary things. I want to talk to those people like yourself. I want to talk to people and share ideas and get excited about the world and what's happening in the world. And I don't want to listen to my husband, listen to the news. Definitely. How, how difficult was it to do that MK to go from, I have to touch everything and control it because only I can do it to actually be able to to hire people and really turn over the execution, which is kind of the critical thing in client acquisition is to actually execute what you promise. So you turned over a really huge piece of it. How, how long did it take you to do that? How hard was it to do? Just talk about that a little bit. It took me, so I started with this in February of 2017. So almost exactly three years ago. And uh, it took me from, the, from February, well, I, 
you know, I didn't really start building my practice at my agency until maybe May. You know, I started really actively getting clients and talking more about it and meeting people. It took me from then until probably December of 2017. So probably six, seven months where I was again doing everything and I was reaching capacity and basically had just created a job for myself, a really tough job because it all relied on me and I had to get it done no matter what time of the day or night it was. So it actually reminded me of the sweatshop that I had at Mommy Loves. And I'm like, (laughs) no, I can't do this. I'm getting into that same trap. So I looked for an admin, uh, just just an admin to help with the uh, administrative stuff creating, cause I was getting too many clients. Okay. So I, I would be able to do the work, but then I would have to stop and actually customize an agreement to make sure that I had everything outlined and then, um, set up some of the, some of a Google, we use a Google form or a Google uh, doc to have a needs assessment so that they give us all their creatives, all their images, all their email copy, all those things that we can then use in the bot. So all of those administrative, that was, that was stopping me from doing the work and being creative like I enjoyed, creating the copy right. in the bot. And so I started looking for an admin. And luckily, uh, being the kind of techie, geeky kind of gal I am, I, I recorded myself doing all those administrative tasks. Uh, there's a program now that I use. Back then it was something different. But now that I use called Loom. And on a Loom video, you can just create that video uh, on, on your computer. Uh, and it's web-based. You don't have to download an app or anything like that. And so I would create myself, I would create a video sharing my screen of exactly doing the things that I needed to do administratively. And so then I hired this incredible gal, Samantha Groff. She was my first hire. And so I had everything outlined already. And so I just tested her out on one, right? And then didn't let her go with the client because I was still anal about, okay, make sure everything was okay. And she did it perfectly and even had more ideas about how to do it even better than I did. And because I had let go of my ego before with Mommy Loves, I was able to be receptive to that and not threatened by it. She's not gonna take over my business, right? I have an NDA in place. If she tries to steal anything, I've got recourse, right? Not that she would, I didn't come from that place, but still she did it and she, and it was like, wow, this is incredible. I now have more time to do what I love and I've got that taken care of. Yeah. And I'm really not that great at. And then from there forward, I hired a full-time employee. Uh, I think it was a year later. She and I, Sam and I, pretty much did everything the summer of 2018, I think. Yeah, anyway, I, I've hired, I'm, I'm on, uh, I think, seven or eight people on my team now. And it really is, it really stems from that insecurity. Because when you have to be in control, you really are just being insecure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're not being amazing like you think you are. You yeah. are just being insecure that if anyone, and whatever your reasons are, my reasons were, if anyone else can do this, then oh, what the heck am I? Why, how, well, how am I special? I've got to be special. If everybody else can do this, I'm not that special. Um, maybe everybody will find out that I really don't know what I'm t- talking about or really yeah. don't. All that imposter stuff comes up. Yep. And that's really where it comes from and nothing else. So not that your business can afford it, but I'm telling you, do it right before your business can afford it. Because once you get to the point where your business can afford it, you are really strapped and doing everything yourself and don't have any time. And then you think, well, how can I um, actually have time to train anybody? Right. 
right? If you're, if you're at that point, you're, it's too late. And not too late. You can always do it then too, but it's going to take you longer. But yeah, let go of your ego. Yeah. How, how much did the, did it impact you to have had, you know, a business that became very financially challenged, you know, in the end and then starting another business. And now you're taking a leap of faith. You're starting to hire people. How, how much did, you know, having a financial, you know, sort of a financial cloud in your history Mm -hmm. impact the growth of your current company? It impacted it greatly. It really, really did. Um, And I had to prove to myself that I had to continually prove to myself that I wasn't a failure just because that happened. And I'm not going to say my husband looked at me as a failure, uh, but he definitely was like, well, what if that happens again? What if, what, are you getting into debt? Don't get into debt. If you get into debt, it's going to happen again. So that was, of course, his own scarcity mindset. My mindset was, I already have, if I'm, if I have to get into debt for something, let's say I need to pay for a Facebook ads person, or I need to pay for something. I already have clients. I already have contracts in place over the next three months or whatever the case may be where this, this is covered. Okay. But the, the mindset that I had to get over and that fear and that imposter and that, um, that insecurity that maybe I will do this, maybe, oh my gosh, what if this happens again? I got over that by trusting myself and saying, you know, that was awful. That was terrible. I, I woke up every day with a, with a pit in my stomach. Mm-hmm. Immediately when I woke up, it was there. If I even slept that night, it was always there saying, how am I going to pay this off? How am I going to do this? What am I going to do? You know, all the, that was there. And I hate, that was awful. Yeah. And I'm like, there is no way. If I start feeling that way, something's wrong. I'm doing something wrong. I need to switch and do something differently because I'm not. I needed to trust that that was so awful. There is no way on God's green earth I'm ever going back to that. And anytime I would start feeling that, because it's an anxiousness, that's a fear like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Anytime I started feeling that, I would stop and analyze and say, okay, what's happening? Where is it just because I don't want to make a phone call that I probably should make? Mm-hmm. If it, is it just because I'm, I'm thinking, well, I'm going to rob Peter to pay Paul, right? I'm, uh, maybe, maybe I can, okay, maybe I, the way I can do this is if I rob Peter to pay Paul. And I started getting into that mindset of just trying to make it work when it shouldn't work. All those things I started analyzing and stopping myself from automatically doing uh, because I knew how terrible that felt yeah. over the long run. Yeah, um, I love your, I love sort of your mindset though of, I'll just sell ahead. You know, you did that before you took the class. I'll, I'll see yeah. if I can sell it and then I can go take the course. You're doing the same thing, right? Yeah. If I need a Facebook yeah. ads person, let me sell it ahead. Yes. So I know I've got that expense covered. I yep. think a lot of entrepreneurs don't think about that. They think about, well, I'll bring that person on and then I'll go sell something rather than just sell it. See if you can yeah. see if the marketplace demands it. Oh my gosh. And yes. Then bring in resources to fulfill it. Because it can is, always be outsourced. Yes, that is the biggest mistake I see people making, right? So even now, and I don't sell anything, I don't, I don't uh, create anything unless I've sold it first. Mm-hmm. And the biggest mistake is people go and they, so we have a, one, of our product, one of our products are like 70% of our revenue comes from one particular niche and it's webinars. If people sell anything through a webinar, 
live or pre-recorded, we have uh, our chat bot can just blow that up, can, can get more people who want to be there to the webinar, higher registrations, higher show up rates. And then once they're at the webinar, it's your gig, right? I can't do anything about the content. Right. right. But then as long as that product has already been proven, then of course it's going to sell because there's more people there. Mm-hmm. So there are so many people that come to me and say, okay, I'm creating this online course and I've got, and I'm, and I've spent this amount of time and this amount of money and now I'm ready to do the webinar. And I'm like, well, is it, where's your, have you, do you have any students for this course? Oh no, no, no. I've, I've got it all right. Re- I'm like, oh my goodness. Because they've spent time and energy creating something that they don't even know if anybody wants. Right. And uh, in this day with the internet and online services the way they are, that is absolutely unnecessary. Everything I've done, I start with, we don't call it a beta. Most people call it a beta. I call it a founders group. Do you want to be the founders of this and help us create this? I did a chatbot agency mastermind where people wanted to build their agency and we were going to mastermind. And I brought three other, other people would think they're my competitors, but they're not. They do things very differently than I do, but we all have agencies, chatbot agencies. I brought four of us together to to mentor people through our processes. Mm -hmm. And I sold it before we created it. And everything I've done, I do that. Because otherwise, you spend time, energy, effort, money, uh, building something, you first off, you don't know what people, if people need it. And secondly, by the time you get that done, that takes a lot of time. Yeah. By the time you get that done, people might've even moved on to the next thing. Oh yeah. So yeah, it, um, you, you have to have that agile mindset um, that's willing to, and I've, I've launched many things that have flopped. Three people purchased and my minimum is 10, right? Three people purchased and I have to give their money back. Or we tried Facebook ads and I'm spending $7,000 on Facebook ads plus the Facebook ads person, which is another 2,000. So we're talking $9,000 down the drain and nobody buys. Okay, we've done that. Don't worry, I get it. That means that's not the gig. Let's try something else. It doesn't mean I give up. Yeah, I always just tell entrepreneurs when something fails, that's just tuition. You're paying tuition to be a part of life school. So it's also data. Yeah. And it's seriously, it's data. You, that just gave you very valuable data on what what didn't work and maybe a few little tweaks that you need need to make. Um, There are many tools that can give you lots of data. There's a, and I have to remember the tool so you can put it on the, maybe the show notes page, but there's a tool where you can look at your landing page and you can see where people click or where they stop their cursor. Mm-hmm. And you can see what they read and what they, and, and actually it gives you a video showing someone going through your sales page or your landing page with oh exactly gosh. what it is you, they, they've, they, you know, if they click the video or if there's a certain button where, or a certain piece of text where they keep their mouse, that shows you all of that. And you can see, okay, this part, nobody cares about, right? And this part, oh my gosh, everybody's doubling. They really wants to know more about that. They keep yeah. clicking it but it doesn't go anywhere. Okay, I need more information about that. So it doesn't mean you give up and say, oh, that didn't work. No, you can, you can customize it more. You can figure out what people need. Ask the people who registered for your thing and didn't show up, ask them what, send them an email privately. Call them if they give you their phone number. Yeah. And ask them, what was it? How can I help? What can I do differently? That's all I asked in the beginning. 
yeah. with this first thing. How can I help? Not what can you buy from me? Yeah. Or can you buy this from me? How can I help? We still do that, don't we? We're like, we've got this great thing and you need to buy it. And we, again, we get so in love with the idea of yeah. what we create that we forget that just because we think it's amazing, you know, there may be only, you know, one yeah. other person in the entire world and it might be your sister yeah. who is going to think it's equally as awesome. Yeah. And because you're, t- you're presenting it as if it's all you mm-hmm. and it's really not. Yeah. Um, it really, it's how can you help? How can you help transform someone's life? Not what have you got that's brilliant? Yeah. It it, it's, it's divesting from that, that yes. ego, that attachment, and so, your life will be wonderful. Yeah. So just, you know, to wrap up our conversation, I, I swear we could make this like a multi-episode, <laughs> you know, you know, how to navigate and put your product out there. So we may end up having to do sure thing. on this. I'd but, love it. But, um, you know, just maybe a little bit of advice, you know, from someone who has been out there, who has been, you know, very successful in the online space, because I think very, there's a lot of people who are really interested in figuring out how to tap into that. I don't think it's quite as intuitive yet as we would like it to be. It's still got some things you've got to learn and navigate. But if somebody's sitting there going, I wish I could create, you know, an, an online business or just a business in general. What would be the one or two things that you would say to them, either in terms of, you know, maybe the things they should do or the things they should be thinking or a a mindset that they need to make sure that they are in touch with, but what would be your couple of tips to them? Number one, if you're not having fun doing it or interested in whatever the thing is you think you want to make a business out of, it's not going to work. Um, in the long run, you might make money, that's fine. But in the long run, it won't be, you'll, you'll get tired of it and you'll be done. Look at Mommy Loves It. I was, I was in love with that and still doing it for, what, uh, almost 10 years, nine years. And now with uh, the chatbot stuff, Messenger Funnels is this business. And I've been, it has not lost any of its excitement to me for the last three years. And it, believe me, it's changed drastically in three years, but it has not, I have not lost interest. Mm-hmm. So number one, don't just think of starting a business for the sake of starting a business. Find something you enjoy. And I'm telling you right now, I don't care if it's fly fishing. I don't care if it's knitting. There is someone else out there that if you have that experience, that knowledge, that expertise, there is someone else in the world, more than one probably, who want that knowledge Absolutely. and are willing to pay for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So number one, start with something you enjoy and then build out from there and do some uh, experimenting. There's a, an amazing program, again, Tony Robbins, that speaks to this. It's called mastermind.com. It's the, called the Knowledge Business Blueprint. And I it's bought changed. that. Isn't it? <laughs> so, hey, fellow KDB member, we got to be chatting, right? You, you and I both drank the Kool-Aid. We obviously went to the same webinar and helped Tony Robbins make a billion dollars in one day. Yay, we us. did. But you know what? Then he gave it back to me because then I started that chatbot agency mastermind and then made five figures That's awesome. from those people because I didn't just, yes, I drank the Kool-Aid because it was like, oh my gosh, yes, because both of my sons, we have done non-traditional education both of my sons have online businesses, so I don't do anything traditionally except marriage. I'm married. 
Okay. <laughs> I've been married 36 years. So yeah, I do that traditionally, have a house, have the dogs, right? But education is, is not what we do traditionally. And right. that's what this mastermind, that's what this KBB is talking about. So check it out. Um, but yeah, we've got to talk because it's so fun. So, but you need to love it. And if you think, oh no, people won't, okay, stop. Chatbot mom, they call me the chatbot mom because most of the kids that I talk to are in their 20s and yeah. I'm not. So that's my nickname is chatbot mom. So whenever anyone comes to me and says, yeah, but you know, I'm, I don't think anybody's going to do it or oh, they start whining. I'm just go, chatbot mom, go smack you. Stop it. Test it. See if somebody's out there. See if somebody likes it. See if somebody would even talk to you about it. Don't just automatically stay in your own head and assume the rest of the world is like you. That is the sincerest arrogance I've ever heard. We, are all, we all do it. But get out of your head. It's not about you. Mm-hmm. You are not the rest of the world. Right. If you like it, somebody else in the world probably also likes it. So just stop. Yeah. So that's number one. I know that's a long story to get to that first thing, but I'm telling you, it's important. If you just want to go get insurance leads and you hate insurance, well, that isn't going to work for very long. No. All right. So number one, enjoy what you're going to do. And then number two, don't just follow what some guru says, especially if they say, oh, this is so easy. You're just going to put up a website or put up an online course and make millions of dollars. No, it isn't. It isn't easy. It, uh, it might be simple in some ways, but it isn't easy. Yeah. So choose your gurus very carefully. Absolutely. Do your own research. See what resonates with you and not just someone who's got some really fancy, wonderful marketing and all the testimonials that this is an amazing thing, especially if they're telling you to do all that work up front and not sell anything until you're done with all the work. Okay. So choose your gurus very carefully, do your own research and love what you do. Yeah. And uh, I know it's cliche. You, you definitely won't feel like you're working a day in your life. Really. Um, I get up every day. There's never a day, except if I'm not feeling well, that I don't, that I'm not excited to start my first call at 7 a.m. I have my daily team meeting daily for 15 minutes every day at 7 a.m. Pacific because most of my staff is either in Eastern time zone or London or Australia. So it's totally different time frame for them. Right. Every day at 7 a.m. And I don't usually stop until at least six. Yeah. That's but awesome. I'm living at home, so I can go out and take the dogs for the walk in the middle of the day, and I stop to have, to have lunch and, you know, sit down. At, I don't usually sit down and watch Netflix, because if I start that, I'm just not stopping. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. I get it's, addicted. Yeah, it's like all that, all that good self uh, kind of willpower gone with Netflix gone. comes on. <laughs> That's it. So I don't turn the TV on. I might listen to an audio book or pick up a book and read, but uh, yeah, so yeah, I... Uh, that's it. Do what you love and really be very careful who you surround yourself with. And you'll, you'll find, you'll create be, and be open. Once you're careful with who you surround yourself with, be open to possibilities, let go of your ego and find the reason I, t- I love mastermind.com find or KBB or Tony Robbins, find someone who is just ahead of where you want to go and hire them to help you get there. Yep. Because level you're not going to do it by yourself. Yep. Level up. Definitely. What you, your, your brain where it is right now is what got you to where you are. 
mm-hmm. it's not going to get you to the next level because it's gotten you here, which is Absolutely. awesome, but it's still gotten you here. You need something else to get you to the next one. Yep. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, there's, there's my gig. <laughs> so, so MK, thank you so much for your time today. I, I swear we're definitely going to have another episode for sure. But for right now, we'll leave them hanging a little <laughs> bit, but tell people how they can get a hold of you. We will, of course, put this in the show notes, but, but just, you know, drop all your credentials real quick for us. Sure. Messengerfunnels.com is the website. You can get into and, and experience this whole messenger chatbot thing anywhere on that site because I don't have email opt-ins. I only have messenger opt-ins there. So you can get all kinds of uh, free content and interesting content about what it is I do. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Mary Catherine Johnson, and it's K-A-T-H-R-Y-N, Mary Catherine Johnson. I had with Catherine in there. I can't just be Mary Johnson, right? So there, and also Messenger Funnels uh, Facebook page. You can email me at mkj at messengerfunnels.com. Just reach out. Just uh, if you think anything that I've talked about resonates with you, don't hesitate. If you're hesitating thinking, oh, but she's this, that, or whatever, get over it. I sit on the pot and do my business the same as you do. So (laughs) I'm no different. All right. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so, so very much. This has been delightful and exciting. And I do think that you and I need to chat uh, offline because you said yeah. some really cool things that even I am intrigued. <laughs> so I think we needed to carry on a little bit beyond this podcast. But Well, I'm really proud of you, Rena, And thank you so much for really guiding this conversation. Uh, podcast interviewers, who are really good at knowing what their audience wants and who are really good at guiding people like me who could talk all day long are, are rare. So thank you for guiding that and pulling out the things that you felt your audience really can, can use. And, uh, I'm, I want to chat with you anytime you, uh, you send me a calendar link. I'll be there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you take care. We will talk again soon. Thank you so much. Thanks. This is Rena Striggle, and you have been listening to the Courage to Breakthrough podcast. Please visit my website at renastriggle.com and find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you haven't yet, please go to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another inspirational episode where you will hear how real-life people just like you have discovered the courage to break through.